0: In 1989, Jim Henson, the founder of The Muppets, as in Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy, the whole gang, like Jim Henson mapped out a deal in 1989 with the Walt Disney Company for Walt Disney to purchase and acquire The Muppets. But before anything could be inked, he developed pneumonia and died at age 53. Uh, He got sick like the sickness that's going around right now, and he stubbornly refused to go to the doctor. And by the time they admitted him to the hospital, it was too late, and at age 53, he died of pneumonia. His son and successor, Brian Henson, was devastated. He was devastated because right after the funeral, Walt Disney went, well, you've got no Jim Henson, and we've got no deal. And they walked away. So now you're Brian Henson, and you're the CEO of Jim Henson Productions, and you've got no deal with Disney, and the voice of Kermit has just died. He was devastated. But this is what he said about that time. He said this, and I put the quote up there. We're taught, we're taught to get even, get justice. That can become your purpose in life. But that, that wasn't my father's way I remember when I was eight or nine, someone stole my father's camera and wallet from the trunk of his car in a New York City parking garage. He just said, I guess they need it more than I do. He closed the trunk. We drove home. He never mentioned it again. Now, Brian Henson had every right to be mad at Disney World. You know what he chose to do? He chose to forgive and move on with his life. Ironically, 15 years later, Walt Disney made a deal with the Jim Henson Company and acquired the Muppets and brought Kermit into the larger Disney princess family, (laughs) okay? When he was asked if he had learned anything, Brian Henson said this, well, my father did. He stopped leaving cameras in his trunk when he parked in New York City In other words, there's a difference between forgiveness and trust. What do you do when you're mad at someone? What do you do when you're upset? What do you do when they've said something, they've done something, they've taken something from you? Are you quick to forgive like Brian Henson? Did you have an absentee dad who didn't show up at all the right events or who bailed? Did you have a mom who is the perfectionist mom, right? You come home with seven a's and one b plus and what's mom want to talk about hey what's this b plus honey did you not turn something in did you not study for the test you're like mom you know okay uh did you have a brother or sister who got preferential treatment you know they got a limo for the prom and you got a used dress i mean consignment consignment store it's not the same as used right (laughs) did you have someone cheat on you Betray all the things that you pledged to one another? Has someone gossiped about you or been mean? What do you do when you're wronged? Are you like this bumper sticker? I don't get mad, Pastor Max. I get even. And I feel much better. (laughs) Okay? Is that that how you roll? I hope, I hope, especially after last week, you will reach a point where, you will consider forgiving the other person, I hope. Last week, I made a case that forgiveness is a decision. It's a decision that we make. We decide that somebody who's wronged us, somebody who's taken something from us, doesn't know us anymore. And and that decision takes time and effort, right? We talked about this last week. It takes time and effort. But forgiveness really is about us. It's not about them. It liberates the victim because you're not going over and over in your head how you were wronged and how you were victimized. It sets you free because you're not carrying them around with you in all of your relationships when you forgive someone, okay? Today, I want to make a case for something else, and this is really important, and this comes up a lot when it when it comes to forgiveness. Forgiveness is what you can give. Trust is what they must earn. Hear me on this. Hear me on this. This is really, really important, gang, especially if you're a student. If you're 14, 16, 18, hear me. Forgiveness is what you can give. Trust is what they must earn. Always, always, trust is something they must earn. If you brought up Bible, you can open it to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be in two different passages today, which I know is a little... Little strange, but that's all right. That's good. We can roll. Ephesians chapter four, verses thirty-one and thirty-two, and we'll start on start in with verse uh, thirty-one. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Now, it was common in the ancient world to list virtues and vices. In sets of three, or sets of five. Boy, (laughs) I need some more recovery time. (laughs) Okay, it was common in the ancient world, let me try this again, to list virtues and vices in sets of five. (laughs) Okay, and Paul does that bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. But Paul, being Paul, throws in an extra one, as well as all types of evil behavior. Thanks, Paul. Well, I'm glad that's settled, right? Just get rid of it. Get rid of anger, bitterness, rage. Just get rid of it. Toss it out the car. All right, we're done. Just get rid. We'll pray now. Jesus, thank you. Right now, isn't there a part of you that goes, come on, come on, give me a break? What kind of advice is that, Paul? I'm sorry, it took me months and years to get this anger and bitterness ramped up because of what they did. And you expect me to just casually toss it out of the car like a cigarette butt? Come on. What are you thinking, Paul? I I, I get it. I get it. I've, I've had the same office. This is a picture of my office. I've had the same office for over 10 years. Over those 10 years, all kinds of people have come in that office. Individuals, couples, and I've heard all kinds of stories. All kinds of stories. And inevitably, I find myself thinking as I'm listening to someone, he did that to you? She did that to you? I'm I'm sorry, they said what? No, no, no. Really? And I find myself thinking to myself, boy, I I don't think I would ever forgive him or talk to him the rest of my life. I might even consider murder. (laughs) You know, just in hearing the stories that, we all have to share isn't it isn't it true when you come across some of the passages in the bible or you come across a preacher talking about forgiveness isn't it true that there's a part of you that thinks look max paul if you knew what my parents did if you knew what my ex did you would know i get a pass on this one you would know that this is a mountain of awful despicableness that you know, this whole, just forgive, you know, is not, doesn't work. I should get a pass. Now, before you write this passage off, Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, I want to give you a little bit of the context of this letter. Paul is writing this letter from prison. And you know why he was in prison? You know how, why all, Paul always ends up in prison? out of envy and jealousy from other people. And they're mad at him. You turncoat, Jew, we'll, you know we'll get you back. He's always in prison for unfair reasons. If ever there was a guy to be crotchety about how he was treated, the guy who wrote this letter would get a medal for, you know, ding, yes, you deserve to be grumpy at the entire world because of the way, because beaten within an inch of his life shipwreck all kinds of things happened to this apostle and yet he says to us in 4:32 he says this instead instead be kind to each other tender hearted forgiving one another just as Christ has forgiven you If anyone had a reason to get a pass on forgiveness, it would be Paul. And so when somebody goes through something really difficult and is telling me something like this, I pay attention. So how many, we talked about this last week, how many times do you forgive? Kind of as many times as it takes. (laughs) Because remember, forgiveness isn't about them, it's about you. It's about you being free. Okay? Which is why this is really, really good advice. Trust, on the other hand... Trust is totally about them. It's not about you. It is about them, okay? And they've got to show us that they can be trusted again. Jesus loved everybody, right? We see this distinction in the life of Jesus, this distinction between forgiveness and trust. Jesus loved everybody. Jesus forgave freely. But Jesus didn't just trust anyone. I want to look at a passage in John, and we're going to be in a couple of verses uh, John chapter 2, Jesus has performed several miracles. He's turned water into wine. Uh, presumably, he's healed some folks. And because of the miracles, there, is a num- there are a number of people who are like, yeah, rabbi from Nazareth. Woo, go Jesus team. Jesus is awesome. They're getting all excited. It's great. And so this is what John tells us about that moment. Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew human nature. No one needed to tell him what mankind was really like. It's the same Greek word used. In essence, it's saying they believed Jesus but Jesus didn't believe them. They trusted Jesus, but Jesus didn't trust them. He knew, riding into Jerusalem, oh, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and then a few days later, crucify him. He didn't need anybody to tell him. On one moment, the God squad shows up with their tassels and their robes and their tallit and everything, and they've got their act together. Oh, Rabbi, we know you're a good teacher, tell us. And then behind closed doors, he's a blasphemer. We got to get rid of this guy. Blasphemy, right? He knew human nature. He knew. And so he didn't need a lesson about backstabbers. He didn't need a lesson about people being fickle. He didn't need a lesson about people being two-faced. Jesus knew. This same Jesus is... uh, Gets to a point, he's on the cross, he's being crucified, his life is literally eking out of his body, and he forgives the people who've wronged him. Remember, Father, forgive them for they, they don't know what they're doing. He doesn't then, at that point, turn to the women who are weeping at his feet and say, now, see all these good people around here? I want you to hang out with them. I want you to give them a second a chance, right? These are good folks here. <laughs> he doesn't do that. he knows, right? I want to walk this out with a couple of practical things. You can forgive someone without necessarily trusting them. Let's assume that you come into some money, Aunt Gertrude dies, and you decide to take a trip to the Virgin Islands, all right? And while you're gone, you have your neighbor watch your house. Seems like an obvious thing. They live next door. They seem like nice people, And while you're gone, your house is robbed. Now, you didn't tell your neighbor this, but you installed security cameras. And sure enough, do you know who comes in and robs you? Your neighbor! (laughs) And when you're reviewing the tapes with the cops, you're like, my neighbor did it. Now, you might get to a point, right, where you forgive your neighbor. Are you going to ask your neighbor to house sit for you again? I sure hope not. (laughs) If your answer to that question was yes, you need to make an appointment with me this week, okay? (laughs) Right? No, no. Trustworthy people are trustworthy because they can be trusted. When somebody comes into my office and says, Pastor Max, my boyfriend abused me, I I will say to them, if the the time is right, look, at some point, you may want to consider forgiveness. But in the same breath, I'll say, now... Uh, you should cut off this relationship, have no contact, and I'm calling the victim's advocate's office right now through the sheriff's department, you know, to, and I'm a pastor and I'm making that call, okay? So forgiveness and trust are not the same thing. This is a simple message, but I, I, this is so important when it comes to forgiveness. And, and I want to flesh this out, but I, I want to ask a question first who are the trustworthy? people in your life? These are the people who have integrity. These are the people who do what they say. These are the people that you can count on. These are the people who are not lying to you all the time, all right? They're consistent. They keep their promises. Who are the trustworthy people in your life, right? And then secondly, who needs to earn trust? Who are the people in your life who maybe need to earn some trust back? who need to rebuild trust. I hate to tell you teenagers this, right? But if you lie to your parents and say that you go to the mall, say that, and you tell them, I went to the mall, when in fact you went to your boyfriend or girlfriend's house, right? And mom and dad find out about it later. There's a good chance that mom and dad will not let you have unsupervised trips to the mall for a season, right? You would expect that because you lied and you got caught. Right, uh, if a spouse cheats on you, you may decide. You may say, you know what, we're going to work on this. I'm going to stick it out. We're going to work on this together. But you may say to the spouse who cheated on you, I'm going to have total access to your phone. I'm going to be seeing all your emails. I'm going to have the logins for all of your social media accounts. Right, and and you wouldn't be crazy to ask those kinds of things. Here's here's what often happens in a in a setting where you've got a spouse who's been cheating. So the the che- the spouse who's been cheating it, it hits the fan. Boom! They've got to confess. There's this moment, and the the victim I'll use that word, but I don't like that word. The person who was didn't cheat says, "I forgive you." Okay? And somewhere down the road, the the cheating spouse gets mad at the person because they're like they want to see their phone or they want to look at an email or they're questioning where you were the other night and the the spouse who's cheated says, I thought you forgave me, right? They say that because in their mind, they think the forgiveness part is the hard, difficult thing. Oh, well, they said they forgave me, so whoo, got this in the rearview mirror. We can make progress now. But see, again, there's a difference between forgiveness and trust you can forgive someone without necessarily trusting them and so when they're in that moment and they're saying i thought you forgave me it the issue isn't the forgiving issue the issue is they just you haven't logged enough trustworthy miles yet to be considered trustworthy again are you are you catching this right does this make sense trust is the currency of leadership and it's the currency of relationships trust is the currency of relationships all relationships are built on trust so if you're here today and you've got somebody in your life who needs to work on rebuilding trust or you're here today and you need to rebuild trust for you I want to lay out some steps for how to do that so how does that work step number one you got to take responsibility and be transparent okay that means you own your stuff, your sin, your mistakes, and you don't say it with a but, right? I'm sorry that I got into a relationship with Lurleen, but you were never home. Da, da, da. That's not an apology. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's, you know, when you have the yeah buts in there, that's, that's not owning you. That's not taking responsibility. So you got to own you. You got you to take full responsibility for your actions, period. So that's the first step. The second step is accept the consequences. Yes, you can and should be forgiven, but there's a, there's a thing where you kind of reap what you sow, right? And there's going to be consequences. And what that's going to require on your part in accepting the consequences is humility, when they ask to see the phone again for the fifth time, for the 10th time, humility. Humility is the way that the trust gets rebuilt, Uh, okay? So, and it's hard. It's really, really hard because you're going to want to think, man, I don't understand. You should be over this by now. See, trust takes time, okay? So, number three, keep your word, a key thing. So, if if you say you're going to call at a certain time, you call at a certain time. Don't make promises you can't keep. You got to keep your word. That rebuilds trust. Doing what you say you're going to do. And then the last one, and this is the hard one. It it takes time. You're going to have there's a waiting. It takes time. But you know what? You can rebuild trust. Trust is easily lost. It's one decision, it's one indiscretion, it's one act and trust can be broken. Trust takes time to rebuild. But you can rebuild it. In this room today are people are they're in this room today are people whose marriage had bumps and they had to rebuild trust. And they love each other and they rebuilt it. Right? Forgiveness is what you can give. Trust is what they must earn i don't care if it's your parents your brother your sister your husband or wife who wronged you there's no such thing as well i'm your mom you have to trust me (laughs) okay when someone has broken trust they have to earn it back you cannot simply give it to them they have to show consistently over time that they can in fact be trusted this is really really important for me gang for you to understand this distinction because God, God wants us to forgive because he's forgiven us. But God does not expect you to simply give someone blind trust who has not earned that trust. It's a, it's a quick way to get hurt over and over and over again.